0: Bill Mosley, Daniel Harris, Dick Warlock, George
1: Romero, Kane Hodder, Robert England, Ronnie Blakely, C.J. Graham, and
2: you're listening to Deep, Deep Robert Robert Texas. Texas.
1: Welcome to another episode of Deep in the Heart of Texas. This is Jeff. This is Nathan. (laughs) This is Ralph. (laughs) Uh, We just got back together. We're going to talk about the Halloween series. So, which better way to start off with than the nineteen seventy eight John Carpenter's Halloween?
0: Oh, be still my beating heart.
1: Uh, leading this cast was the uh, beautiful and extremely talented Jamie Dick Lee Curtis. <laughs> that's, that's part two, bro. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is just uh, the the scream queen. I think we had all been uh, hoping for ever since her mom uh, Janet Lee uh, did The Amazing Psycho, and Taking a part of what we probably haven't had in the horror realm since Psycho, uh, Carpenter has graciously added a the quintessential slasher, in my opinion. Called the "Gone with the Wind" of horror movies. This okay. This may not be
0: the first slasher movie. It's not. I mean, there's Black Christmas. There's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's Psycho. There's uh, there's quite a few of them, but this was the one that was indie that wasn't produced by a huge studio that blew the fuck up and pretty much set all the standards and rules for horror movies. And they didn't even know that. Like when they made it, John Carpenter has stated like was, uh, by Irwin Yablans, uh, stated that he didn't think this movie would do good. No. He, and when it did well, he was like, well, it was a fluke and that goes into Halloween too which I'll talk about later and that's
3: what's so great about it because he seemed very kind of almost humble about it he was like oh it's it, cool it, it did great but I don't really see it as- well
0: he he set himself up right okay he told uh, now really the guy who should be fucking credited with this the making of this movie is Erwin Yablons because this guy came up with the title came up with the setting and then let John and Deborah who were you know, I think John had done Dark Star and Precinct
1: Thirteen, and that's what, and then this, and that's what you have to really put into focus is that with Carpenter coming out of UCLA, like he, he went to film school in California and stuff, and like his alumni when he graduated oh. was John John Melius who did like uh, God damn it, he, I think he directed uh, Conan the Barbarian. I mean, he, he John did Milius do, is,
0: uh, Twilight Zone think, one of the episodes.
1: I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say he yes or that no. the guy that got in trouble for. I know he's, John Williams is kid. one of the big names and then uh, also Robert Zemeckis was in his <laughs> alumni. So if you can think that even like John Carpenter, when he graduated, he preceded George Lucas. Like George Lucas was like maybe a junior or sophomore, you know, in the college. He, so if you can imagine that kind of mindset of like what that college was pumping out as far as what our 80s would eventually become and, and you know, much of our childhood. Um It gives you an idea, and with Dark Star, like Nate talked about, it was more of a kind of like a hippie-ish social satire of 2001, and then he would Mm -hmm. further get acquitted with money in a project called uh, Attack on Precinct 13. The only
0: time he won an Academy Award. Which is uh, unreal, because it was a student film, and
1: the student film became a feature. So I was like, wow, that's awesome. But, uh,
0: very first fucking swing out of the bag, and you get a fucking Academy Award.
1: Like, uh, right? like you said, Javelin saw, uh, Attack on Precinct 13, and he brought him and Deborah Hill on board to do something that was more in light of I want somebody, somebody that, uh, a slasher film, a killer of babysitters. Yeah. And then the Halloween, and then not, that, and not never, specifically the Halloween thing, but I think it was the, the no, I might to take place on October 31st. Yeah, but then he, the, he looked and there was never a film called Halloween. And then that placated to what would essentially be Carpenter, Deborah Hill catching lightning in a ball, bottle with um,
0: Mr. Goblin. Yeah. Well, like I said, Carpenter covered his bases. So he, he told uh, Irwin right off the bat, Hey, 300K, I can make this no fucking problem. And Aaron was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. But then Carpenter was like, I want a principal payment of 10 grand for my services for a director. But he also was smart enough to say, I want 10% of the profit. All those were granted to him. So his initial payment was $7,010,000 pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, he would get it over time. You yeah, know, it made seventy million dollars at the box office. It's Sixty to seventy, it's estimated. There was a lot of cloning, mafia, you know, taking over shit. Sure. But uh yeah, what, that's
1: what they gathered. We're gonna talk about the the making of the film before we get into the gist of it. And the neat things about making this film were the, the steps that came into play of Halloween, uh like the creation of the Michael Myers mask.
0: Mm. well yeah
1: originally it was supposed to be a um clown emmett mask. kelly
0: oh emmett kelly clown mask yeah emmett kelly was the famous uh i think 1920s clown and it was side his- stupid stupid hair on the side you know big goofy smile and I love bozo and that's what the, yeah almost like bozo but not mm. so painted like he was almost like a not a creepy clown but like uh drunkard clown like okay. you would think back in the day like early mickeys and disney kind mm-hmm. of shit those, those were all like Emmett kelly wannabe kind of things
3: uh, okay
0: they bought the mask they bought two masks they bought that mask and they they and they brought m- it in and john was like yeah that's that's scary having that looking at you and then
1: uh a tommy mo- wallace went in and the movie it came out uh i'm trying to think of it devil's, devil's rain yeah devil's rain and william shatner had a mask and i it was there's was another couple of actors that had their mask mm-hmm. made Don Post and it was just weird that they, they would settle on the right the Shatner. Mask. Well, the
0: funny thing about that also is that the Captain Kirk mask, it, it, it was a Don Post mold for the Captain Kirk. But in The Devil's Reign, which is rumored to be where they took the mold from. It's funny in that movie, William Shatner loses his eyes and he pulls the shape expression through a good amount of the movie so it's really fucking cool to kind of go back and look at that and be like holy shit
1: well it's it's interesting that shatner would hold the kind of placemat of like such a uh your slasher form you know because we can't give too uh a much homage to like the uniqueness of the hockey mask for jason yeah or, you know, the, um, the 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 burn victim of Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. But to have something solidified with, like, William Shatner with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And it be kind of like, I'm sorry, essentially the quintessential fucking slasher. Because I kind of put Michael above all because of what he was able to achieve. He killed it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could put Leatherface in there. Totally. I mean, Leatherface is definitely in the running to, like, you know, dick slap Michael Myers. But. I think Michael Myers has more of the, I don't know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre has more of an uh, artistic student kind of acuteness. And what Halloween had was. It has Dean Cundey. Dean Cundey. Which I was fucking privileged to learn is that was never a carpenter situation. Deborah Hill brought Dean Cundey to the situation. Dean Cundey was brought to the table because of Deborah Hill. And I think she's the most unsung Fucking hero she of really all is. of these Carpenter films.
0: She really is uh, of the first three films. I, she really is the, the person that brought it together. I think Carpenter is a great
1: visionary. That's great. That's but all they wanted him Deborah to do. Deborah Hill about. was just she was the the sous chef. You know, she's the one that made sure that all the tastes in the kitchen were just right before everything got served. Well, she was
0: like the uh hardcore producer. That filled in all the blanks. Like, okay, chick needed her hair done. Deborah Hill would do her hair, do makeup, do the acting, do the writing, help John do the equipment, get people to act in this movie, spend oh. the money the right way. I mean, uh, she stand in for Michael. Yeah, she she really was <clears throat> twice. And Deborah Hill, <laughs> she's um, she's twice.
1: She's young Michael and old Michael. I think Deborah Hill was one of the main reasons that I think Carpenter was able to shine so much. I think that was just. She was amazing, and they were dating at the time. So oh, really?
0: Yeah, it was a collaborative, you know, boyfriend girlfriend. I'm just
1: amazed whenever you see her name tied to stuff now, it's really, it has, there's just something you can't put your finger on, but you're, you're kind of like, you're thankful that she was there, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, she's one that when she died, I was just like, man, I fucking wish
1: I had the chance to meet her. But,
0: I mean, she's responsible for, I mean, everything that Carpenter ever touched in the early 80s to got almost... Mid late eighties. Yeah, John Lennon McCartney. Yeah, she even though they broke up after Halloween, she and him always had a great working relationship. She's Richard's Jagger. Yeah. Like fuck it. Like (laughs) it was like like that kind of like, you know, camaraderie. It was just like when they came together, magic, you know, like fucking the fog, I mean Escape from New York. I mean anything that they did together was just like a home run. So I, it, I think she did the fog with him or, uh, the yeah, thing, yeah they, the thing. I think
1: they got, that was the main thing with, after this, they got a like a, 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 four picture deal or something like that. And that gave them privilege to make the fog and, uh, I'm blanking. I Christine. Well,
0: Halloween too. They were contract contractually obligated to, to just do. write.
1: Yeah. You're with, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I know a picture deal, like took them away from this because they did such a great job with Halloween. Um, all right, so we're speaking about Cundy. And which better way than to talk about Cundy than the opening of Halloween? Oh, um, this track shot. This was done with the, the Steadicam. And what was interesting to learn about this, if you listen to the commentary on the new Screen Factory box set and stuff like that, is that the Steadicam, they were just going by the seat of their pants. They were learning as mm. they went. It was a new tool at that time. And Carpenter being the visionary and Cundy being the privileged fucking you know amazing photographer he is they were able to correct uh one of the coolest fucking things which is that extremely long take at the beginning of the film yeah now when you think about the lighting of the scene and how that would have to be a fluent movement throughout the house because you would go from outside to inside to inside to upstairs from upstairs to downstairs i mean there was just all these little neat things to fucking just do in the Steadicam shot. But then on top of that, you're also adding that, um, that that mask element Mm -hmm. that takes place in the shot too. Yeah. I mean, those were things that were just, I mean, very Hitchcockian, like to the level of like, wow, we hadn't seen that done that right before. Yeah. Um, what was your takeaway from that opening shot when you saw Um, it the first time you saw it?
3: Funny enough, the first time I'd ever seen this was actually hanging out with Nate because, um halloween was never really my was, was never really on my radar to be honest with you but whenever i saw that opening scene it was definitely something different than what i was used to because anytime that you see any kind of slashes like jason or freddy or anything like that you never get that like even if you see their opening like their like their origins not not friday one but friday two with jason or anything yeah. like that you never get like a setup like that in any in any of those movies, that
1: actually puts you in the skin of the killer. Um,
3: it, it actually it literally and metaphorically puts you in the eyes of the killer. You the see OV. what they're seeing.
1: When you saw it, did you did it feel old to you, or did it feel of course. like how, oh yeah, of course? Of did, course. It, did it did it hold its seventies vibe to you, or did yeah, you feel it, more of an eighties film? It, I mean,
3: I got I got an eighties vibe from it. Granted, yeah, it did come out in seventy uh, eight. Yeah, it did come out in seventy eight. But I did get an eighties vibe from it. Even like I said, not knowing. The origin, where where it started, what where this movie had come from. Like I knew of it, I knew Michael, because years ago there was a there was a girl I used to hang out with. We went to this convention, and she, not having the Michael mask, painted it on herself. So I knew Michael, I knew the character, gotcha. but I never knew the movie. So,
1: did, did you ever? Uh, I'm trying to word this right. Um, did you ever feel that? the Halloween series as a whole or just the, just part one. Oh shit. I lost
3: it. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're fine. Um, the Halloween series itself. Well, well, we'll not get into the series. Yeah, we'll yeah talk I was about trying to I was one.
1: trying to focus on one of just saying mm-hmm. like when you watch Halloween one, did it feel like age like Dawn of the Dead and George A. Ramiro's work? You know how you watch some of these other Does it still hold Yeah, out? like did mm-hmm. when you watch Halloween one, did it still feel like works. damn, this just you know, it just feels old like
3: Oh uh, well yeah, no, I didn't it it didn't feel old because to me the way I was seeing it, this is a classic. It's it's not exactly timeless because everything's still kind of dated. Yeah. like the, the hair and the bell, the bottoms. Outfits, the bell bottoms, so on and so forth. So it still felt dated, yeah, but see. it's it's a classic. You're, yeah. It's...
0: The shitty weed that the cop can't
1: smell. Well, I think... What, <laughs> what, what, what I think alludes to a lot of stuff is that Halloween's in that silent little town of Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. And when you watch Which Nightmare on Elm Street... Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was going to say, when you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, it feels like an 80s film because you yeah. feel like the... the you know big hair (laughs) yeah thank you and then we watch friday 13th part two and you start getting introduced to jason you feel a disconnect of like maybe it's not shot as well as it could be Mm -hmm. and with texas i'm asking you know it's not as shot as well as it could be but it's still done great for some reason because of it's It's, like of a a student film kind of esque.
3: with texas like it's i get a grindhouse vibe from it gotcha so like that that like i can't see it as anything else like i've always seen it as like a grungy grindhouse yeah um Friday, yeah, there is a bit of a disconnect because it's like, okay, well, it's obvious this takes place during whatever time period because of the outfits, the way they talk, the way they act, and this is the scenery. And same thing with Nightmare. But I don't know for some reason in for Halloween, like I, I consider those other guys like, oh yeah, those are like those are the those are the guys that set everything up. But I don't see them as classics Not like sure. the classic Halloween. I've always referred to as one of the classics, like,
1: and that's why always throws me back. Is because I don't know if like some of the other films might have benefited from a Kundi You know what I mean? Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. I mean,
0: the uh, it's funny that you bring up the age that you as you're watching it. What age timeline you think this is in? So Friday Thirteenth. I always when I watch that movie, I always think of. Of it being late late sixties early early seventies, yeah. you know, it's, it's clearly until, filmed in seventy one <coughs> or eighty.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's not um,
3: until it goes to hell that everything kind of just feels like it's been like, oh, well, like Jason's frozen in the eighties. That timeline's so fucked
0: time. up. I mean, it's like, oh, 20 years has passed and it's nineteen eighty three. yeah, <laughs> like but if we're still dressing with shoulder pads in the fucking two thousands, slaps. God rules. help us. Oh yeah, like. <laughs>
3: For the first first eight movies, Jason is perpetually stuck in the eighties. Yeah. And it's like Like, he he doesn't go anywhere. And the nineties kind of show him getting out of that, but it's still this is still late eighties, it feels like. mm -hmm. Not until you go like they launch his ass into fucking space that it's like, oh, now we're out of the fucking (laughs) eighties.
2: Yeah.
0: Halloween definitely feels like it's coming out of the seventies. Like -hmm. it its place is there. The bell bottoms the hair, the, just everything, the styles, the cars, everything shouts the 70s. But yet it feels like, you know, closer to the 80s. I know Nightmare. It's kinda... 78. Of course, it's close to yeah, the, 80s, close to the but 80s. But it doesn't feel backdated like Texas Chainsaw. That, that has always felt to me like 65. Yet, oh, I think yeah. it was made 74. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, you know, it's it holds on to the year that it's portrayed. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. that's great. I mean,
1: if you told me today that they're heading to Woodstock, I'd be like, okay. I was like, yeah. fuck, I don't. I'd, if you if you don't pay attention to all the exposition, you could you could go with that because hell, you don't know. It's you, just you, like a, a group of friends in a van.
3: Yeah, hell, even with a remake, we're going to a Leonard Skinner concert. Exactly. Oh well, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, exactly. I'd just punch in
0: with old Doc Brown and make sure to go back to nineteen 19- whatever. But <laughs> we're we <are> going. <laughs> we don't need bro. Let the vendors know. Hey, you need more toilets and you need more food. And stay away from the brown acid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's. Uh, I love this movie, man. Uh, another thing um, as far as getting it made, so uh, Mustafa Cod, who you will hear more and more about this guy as this series goes on, he was the uh, financier of Halloween. Erwin um, Yablins had a, a, uh, a company like Irwin was an executive at Paramount. Mm -hmm. He got tired of all the bullshit. So he left, made his own company uh, and did it indie. One of the original investors in his company was Mustafa. Khad. So to get this movie made uh, him and Carpenter, you know, as Carpenter said, $300,000, dollars will get it knocked out. They drew up a, a manifesto of all the prices and everything that's happening. And they took it to, to Akkad. Um, they flew to London to meet him. And Akkad, right off the bat, said, I'm not interested. Like, oh, wow. No, no way. He said, what kind of movie costs three hundred grand?" And through Mustafa's thinking was, if it has a high budget, at least you know there's a chance, an expectation that they won't hit that budget. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a yeah. little worrisome. But he's, he said, uh, direct quote, if it's a crazy low budget, you, you're probably not even going to get something. It's going to be worthless. So he said, 300 grand, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> when Yavlums, uh, knowing Akkad was like this proud man, insulted him at the end of the meeting, he uh, tapped John on the shoulder. He said, John, 300 grand is a lot of money. Maybe it's more than Mustafa can handle. <laughs> and they walked out with the three hundred thousand dollar check. Jeez. It was just like, "What? How dare you?" <laughs> 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 check. That's yeah. awesome, Dude, But I mean, that's—I mean, God, do I know any rich people? I would pull that
1: on. <laughs> well, that's what's funny is that for what he was doing, they were basically doing Blumhouse back in the seventies, which, which is which is so unique. Is because Carpenter was given that opportunity to do some something truly uh, unique. Because I think you have a germ of idea; you have the germ of the idea. Mm-hmm. And when you had the right people in place, like Carpenter, like Deborah Hill, um, um, like I think Tommy Lee Wallace ended up editing this, and then uh, and then Dean Cundy being at the helm with the, the photography, they were able to capture that lightning in a bottle situation because everything here was very mediocre (laughs) until (laughs) I I, I even think like Carpenter said, like he realized what he was into when he saw an early cut of this film with no music. Mm. And then when he added the music, all of that tension and terror that he was holding, it it came to fruition because that was just the right beat to put you in. Cause as we go back into the opening scene, it's like those were the pacing moments to set you up for what you're about to sit down and watch. That was the eeriness. That was the the horror that they were going to like take you into with this troubling, sick little hotel in Haddonfield. Really? Like, have you ever watched
0: Tarantino without the soundtrack or dialogue? Oh. <laughs> it's like, a
1: piss-poor movie. It's like fucking 50-year-old cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: It's long tracking shots and long scenes. Yeah. So, if you don't have anything to spice that up, and let's face it, the girl talk is annoying as hell but it was real but it was real yeah i mean I, totally I, was like a, a new word it yeah. was the new hip word that was coming out so every sentence was totally improvised with
1: totally put in it <laughs> it was like argh, argh. and i think the reason i love halloween so much is that when you go to some of the other films there's not a, a real truth in any in other ones as much as there was in part one i think they're really like i said natural like, yeah Yeah,
0: it's weird because Jamie Lee Curtis was like, uh, you know, being uh, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee's daughter. She was born in the stardom, so she was always very preppy, cheerleader, loud, and and uh, you know, playing a shy, quiet girl. But to and even PJ Souls was like, all right, they got our parts backwards. I'm the quiet one, and she's the loud mouth. And
1: but she was, I don't know, for some reason Jamie Lee Curtis was able to just be um, humble, quiet, and natural. And in those kind of roles, it's like you're not trying to be the beautiful heroine. You're not trying... You're, you you have to not be afraid to be damaged. You're not supposed to be afraid to look, you know, um, truly terrified in your scenes. And, and Jamie just... She did all those. She hit every fucking mark you want to see to capture the realness of those uh, terrifying situations that she would slowly enter as the movie uh, moves forth. Um shortly after the fucking opening scene and you get the big reveal of the camera pull off and the crane shot arises and you see the boy sitting there and the parents walking up to the son in the clown costume with the knife, we get introduced to, uh which was funny to learn, is not the carpenter's first choice for Mr. Dr. Loomis. No. Uh, he went to uh, Peter Cushing, uh, Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. and they all turned it down. Oh, Cushing wanted to, but he was contractually obligated to Star
0: Wars. Gotcha. So he was just like they could make it any moment I could
1: But I can't it. imagine Carpenter's dialogue and Deborah Hill's dialogue. I mean I can't imagine this dialogue coming out of anybody else because when he talks about the personification of evil That's all Carpenter. It sounds like poetry
2: coming out of Donald Pleasant's. I met him fifteen years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason. No uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.
0: You know what I really love is, is the, is the TV version. Gotcha. I love well, it because our introduction to Donald Pleasance is 100% different. You're talking about the TV version of Halloween one.
1: Yes. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Yes. It, it, um, it adds to the story and it doesn't take away. They had to do that because the original film, was not long enough to fill the TV slots. Oh, wow. The TV slot position on, on all three channels. Uh, so what they had to do was they had to go back to the studio and film, I think an extra like eight minutes. It was roughly eight to 10 minutes. And, uh, God, the stuff they added was, was great. It's like, okay. The the first scene after the house and, and finding out that Michael has killed his sister. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. Uh, You know, the next scene is Donald Pleasance driving up with this nurse up to the insane asylum. Oh, that is the law. You know, I have to release him. Um, But the next scene you see of him is him at the hearing talking to two other doctors saying, we need to keep this dude in here. And them saying, prove it. He hasn't spoken or moved in forever. And he's just like, he's waiting like and they deny him. So then he walks down the hall, walks into Michael's room, and Michael's like, "Fuck, like maybe fourteen, 15. and he's just sitting there in a chair looking out the window, and he's like, "You fooled him, haven't you, Michael?" And it's just all pleasant staring at Michael, and Michael just staring out the window. And then the next scene you see is the lightning crashing and, and uh, you know, Michael escaping. So, Imagine. but there's there's a couple of scenes that are that are like that where they had to fill in, and I fucking love them. Gotcha. They're so good. I don't know what your point, no, no, point is. It, it was the point of talking oh, about Oh, the Donald poetry. Pleasant's, yeah. yeah,
1: the, yeah. The, how Donald Pleasant's voice is like his, de- I, his delivery. Yeah. It's
0: perfect. perfect. Yeah. Like when the window shatters, and oh, he's gosh. just like, you must think of me as a very sensible doctor. <laughs> Pulls out a gun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I do have a permit.
1: <laughs> I love. Uh, we will get into it in Halloween too, because like that's
0: the. If I was gonna quote something, I did that monologue in high school for my drama class. Yeah, that'd be the one I'd quote. That would be the one. Yeah. Not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Let me see what happens at the end of this corona. There you go.
1: Final thoughts. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> uh. So, pop quiz: How many people played the shape? Four. Ralph. I'd say about three. The correct answer would be which version of Michael? Yeah. Oh, really? Together, nine people played. Wow. So there's Nick Castle, John Carpenter, Tommy Lee Wallace, Deborah Hill. Uh, wait, Nick Castle, uh, Tony Moran, and then uh, Tony Moran stood in for. Tony Moran is you? the guy that fucking gets the oh, ass pulled off.
1: Wow. So that's his fucking. That's it. That's Everything
0: a... that was close up of the shape why did, was, was I why, why did Nick
1: Hassel didn't feel like doing the revealers? Probably because he
0: had a goofy face. He was like more of a comedic person. Yeah. But he walked a certain way, and John was like, put
2: that's... on the mask
0: and walk. And so, you know, coming up to filming, Nick's like, okay, what's my motivation? He's like, Nick, shut the fuck up and walk. <laughs> like, just walk. That's all you That's all I do. need to get. He had this very steady walk about him, and that's all Carpenter wanted. Wow. And then, you know, so anything where you see Michael's mask clearly or him walking up is Nick Castle. Gotcha. anything where you see shadows or a figure is either Deborah Hill or, uh, well, the closet scenes, Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, when he gets stabbed and he's laying flat on the floor and he does the iconic setup. That's John Carpenter. When he comes out in the hallway, gets his mask removed. That's Tony Morton. And then you got the fucking kids. Uh, Deborah Hill was the child hands grabbing the knife, grabbing the mask, all that. But Nick Castle holds a solid credit. the shape in the shape? Yeah, and because and the I credits. mean, I'd say like, no, no, no I mean, nine, eighty-five
1: to ninety percent is Nick Castle. Yeah, it's like Dario Argento. Dario Argento always <laughs> wearing the black gloves when you see like the murder scenes and you see the black gloves in camera and stuff like that. Yeah. So then you have the little kid that played Michael, and then you have the kid who played Michael
0: in the insane asylum at age 13, 15, whatever the fuck it is. That is not in the theatrical.
1: That's TV. And that's not the same kid from Halloween 2? No. <laughs> oh, wow. they change those kids that many times? Yeah. Damn. Wait. God, no, it isn't. I was about to say,
0: because no, I it was isn't. like... In, in, in this one, Michael is only about 10. I'm sorry. I I kind of pooted that. Yeah. The the one from Halloween 2 is
1: like 13, 14. Gotcha. And he's the one that's going to do an appearance at this Halloween 40th anniversary. Dude, they
0: got... They found the chick... Uh, you know... Um, they found uh, Michael's sister, Judith Myers. Wow. Like, she's been out of Hollywood for like 20 years. They finally found her. Wow. And she's going. That's awesome. I'm like, oh, you were in Playboy. <laughs> you had great tits. <laughs> you were in the film for... Michael! do 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 and you're dead. Oh, yeah. I have
1: so many questions when we should get to Halloween too? Huh? We'll get to it. It's more things I wanted to ask about. I've got pages! Um... All right, so to further along, all right, the, uh, as we talked to about the escape of Michael and his return to Haddonfield, and we talked about the introduction of the, the girls and Jamie Lee and uh, everybody there, um, the iconic house of Mister Myers. And Pasadena. How, and the Strode family real estate company that her dad runs. Jesus.
0: Um, What a prick. What a prick. <laughs> like you adopt well, you don't find out that she's adopted in this, but you adopt the house where your murderous brother you adopt this daughter, okay. You 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 claim it as your own, but then you are in charge of the house where
1: Michael murdered his sister. And this is going to be weird folks because if you don't know already that this is kind of stuff that we have to ignore for the new film but we Absolutely. have to do swallow for us getting into Halloween 2.
3: <laughs> so timeline we got two separate timelines the, we're doing we're doing a paradox here. Let's do this real quick.
0: Let's lay it out. Okay, there's the timeline. 1 2 and H2O That's the thing. Then there's uh 1 2 Four, five, and six, seven, and eight.
1: Yep, that's the thing.
0: And then there's one. Now this new one that's one uh, and the new one 2018. And, and then there's another timeline. What the fuck was it? Anywho, I don't fucking remember. Three oh, it was, and it was the boom. druids. It was the druids. <laughs> so then it's three,
1: five, and six. Yep. Uh, good would, luck. <laughs> and I would say one, two, three, five, yeah. and six because just because of. Five? Well, Halloween time was horrible. Well, I'm, I'm, Wait, we'll, we'll show Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. We're going to Druid talk, and there's a lot of Sam Hain Druid talk. It's funny because Donald Halloween talks about Druids in and, this movie. <laughs> it, does he do it in part one, too? And two. I thought it was just two. Oh, no. Two because yeah, of the Sam Hain stuff. Yeah. All right. That's a whole. So somebody snorted oh, a shit just, ton of Coke. There's, we'll there's so that. many cans of worms I'm to open with us. I, oh, I so needed man. one fucking scene in Halloween three, and I got tied to all this shit together. Well we'll get to that.
0: In three weeks. (laughs) In three weeks. (laughs) By our calendar, three months.
3: (laughs) By my calendar, three years.
0: Some of you motherfuckers better stop editing.
3: (laughs) We'll see.
2: (laughs)
0: Jesus. Not it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, going in, you got. Yeah, Michael kills his sister. Don Pleasance and Michael runs up just escapes. Okay, flash forward. We, we're introduced to Lori walking out of high school, walking down the street with her friends. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Lori in class fucking...
1: Sees the car or the ambulance. Sees, no, sees the him standing there. Oh, really? I thought it was the ambulance that pulls up across the street. Station wagon? Yeah, you know, station wagon ambulance thing. That's not an ambulance. Whatever. <laughs> station
0: wagon. The the Looney Tunes nice. car driving. But yeah, Michael stand there, and then she looks back and takes off. What are they discussing?
1: Uh, fuck, I forget what they're talking about. Totally, Totally. Totes? Totes my goats. What are they
3: talking about?
2: I remember they discussing, they're, they're discussing... They're discussing something.
3: <laughs> I don't know if it's literature
0: or fucking theater. Well, they're talking about literature, but is it Frankenstein that yeah. they're talking about? I don't remember. It's not fate, is it? I don't know. Oh, it is fate. Fate. <laughs> yeah, I think it is fate. Or is that Nightmare I'm sure. I
1: don't know. Because I remember the, there was a scene that it ties into... Why can I not remember this? You know, an encompassing fucking theme that would come to play in the film, but it wasn't like... I remember. Well, I
0: mean, it just so happens that we have a, a Halloween aficionado with us tonight. Ralph? <laughs> it was Frankenstein. It
1: was Frankenstein. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> All right,
3: Because <right>, <laughs> I thought it was so cool that they were talking about Frankenstein. Good save. I was going to see how long it would take you to register it.
0: Well, because I get fate mixed up she talks about fate yeah with frankenstein character what is nancy t- fuck off they're talking care. about opening
1: a new red lobster in Haddonfield. i agree um it's a pta meeting so yeah
0: then laurie's walking with her friends down the street and hey jerk speed kills as michael drives by Rah! comes oh, to oh, a oh. grinding hole oh shit Jeez, can't you take a joke fuck her up <laughs> I hate a man with no sense of humor in a car. God, love the dialogue. <laughs>
3: so Sounds like Nate on the road going to Dallas. Fucking A. No sense of humor in a car.
0: I love... I'm driving. <laughs> <I'm> no <dying laughs> sense of humor when I'm doing 90 and getting cut off by semis in a two-lane fucking highway, only in Texas.
1: That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> if you don't have a dick and balls, get in the right lane.
0: Yeah. Apparently everybody in the right lane decides to get in the left lane and go just as slow. (laughs) Just as slow. Uh, Three lanes, people. Three lanes or it's not a fucking highway.
1: That's what the shoulders were.
0: (laughs) 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 Suicide pass. (laughs) That's horrible.
1: I've been guilty of that a few times. Shitty traffic.
3: I've done it a couple of times, I'm not gonna lie. I've done that a few times.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. All in a truck, but yeah. I've gone straight in a turning lane. (laughs) Because <laughs> goddamn, i need to get away from you people <laughs> like fuck you all i
0: will go straight <laughs> the street sweeper is
3: passing me can we accelerate please jesus i will jump this curb
1: and pass him
0: speaking of accelerate the storyline here Let's all go.
1: right um all of these really cool fucking nuances that when you get revealed with the shape he peeks around the bush he's behind the clothesline He's, uh, like Nate said, he's outside the school. I mean, all these nuances play to the foreboding night of Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Everybody's kind of set up. You know, one girl's meeting her boyfriend. The other one's staying at this house because she's got to babysit this kid. Hey, can you watch this kid while I go do this with my boyfriend? And Jamie's like, you know what? I just want to fucking make popcorn, have a nice night, and call it a day. So she kind of has to be the, uh, you know, she doesn't have a... She's a a Girl Scout. Yeah, she doesn't have the boyfriend. She doesn't have, you know, the sex life going on at this Halloween night. But she's interested in making the best of her friendships and her time with these kids that she's going to babysit. And she's interested in Ben Tramer. (laughs) I knew it! (laughs) Which is
0: awesome. Um, All of this... So, this this is important, okay? This is separated by the Wallace House and the... uh, Lindsay's house. What the fuck is Lindsay's name? Oh, God. I don't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> um But the house where Lindsay lives, as you go in, and the interior of that is all shot at a different location. Because if you look at the house, how it's built, the front door is all that there's, it's a wall, like right beside there. There's no living room to the right. Gotcha. So when they walk in, the, the, you know Lindsay's house and turn to the right and go, on, that's actually filmed in the Wallace house. Oh, wow. The Wallace house interior is filmed at a house down the street. That's yeah. awesome they were able to tie all the sets together. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> okay. What the fuck I'm joking. Is, I'm I, joking. I need I'm joking. Lindsay's last name. Draw me a map. There's Wallace. Little.
3: Draw Liz. me a map of all the houses. Tommy. Jarvis. No. God damn it. That's what's <laughs> sticking
0: in my head right now. What's Tommy's last name? Tommy Wallace. Okay, Tommy Wallace and then Lindsay... Shire. No, it's not Shire. It's a Frodo <laughs> fucking bagging balls.
1: Bagging balls.
0: Are you looking at what Lindsay last name is? Yes, it just Please. says Lindsay. That's driving me nuts. It
1: just says Lindsay. Oh, for fuck's
3: yeah, sake.
0: Yeah,
1: thank you. I am
0: Mdaba. Mdaba. Mdaba.
3: Mdaba. Um, so,
0: yeah, if if you think about it, look at, at Lindsay's house when... They go in the front door. There's nothing to the right. There's no building. It's a wall. Then when everybody goes in. It just says fucking Lindsay. Lindsay, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Lazy fuck. Lazy, Lazy. Single
3: name motherfucker.
0: <laughs> I am DeBetus. <laughs> 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 so yeah, the uh, the interior of Lindsay's you know, that'd house. That'd be a good question to ask God, if you end up
3: going to that damn. anniversary thing. What? I can't go. I'm going to have like double
0: oh. surgery. Like I said, got to get that nip and tuck. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nip and tuck, and take care of that. I really want to
0: go. I really want to go to it, but I, I just don't think I can swing it. You're right, okay. Lindsey Wallace.
3: Okay, what's Tommy's name? Jarvis,
0: Lindsey Wallace, and Tommy Lee Jones. Why am I fucking little Tommy Doyle? Doyle, fuck. <laughs> okay, um, Doyle. So, Doyle and so okay, Wallace. there's the Doyle house and the Wallace house. Lindsey Wallace. Her house, the interiors were, were filmed down the street. Gotcha. Uh, they were filmed at the Walton.
3: That would have Yeah.
0: <laughs> they were filmed at the Doyle house. The Doyle house was filmed at the down the street at another house. Now, the only thing that you might go, well, why wasn't the Doyle house filmed at? It's because when you look at the front door, when Lori's banging on it and she throws up the planner, she's grabbing to the right trying to find the keys oh the keys yeah yeah uh well when tommy comes down he pulls the door from his right which would be Lori's left yeah oh. it's reversed oh wow yeah that's cool she's banging on this side look trying to get it open and he opens it from this side so the interior was actually shot at a different house i it. said yeah except yeah. the
1: uh, upstairs balcony where he falls out the window which is awesome when you have a ramp which I always hate. The, but, the
0: ramp, it was only in part two.
1: It was only in part two? Yeah, in the first he one, he does the, that. He has the balcony. <laughs> Holy shuffle. <laughs> he
0: does he sh- the Egyptian. He yeah. shuffles right over the balcony. But in part two, there's seven shots, <laughs> not six. Gotcha. Yeah. I shot him seven times? Six
1: times? <laughs> I reloaded
0: seven. one more bullet. <laughs>
1: God, I love that. That's in Halloween 2,
0: though. That is Halloween 2. So, yeah, I mean, you, uh, I don't know if we got to go s- s- plot by plot, but... This movie, I think, is like 84, 88 minutes long, something yeah. like that. And all the way up until 20 minutes left, you just get little pop-ups. You get no, nothing really too terrifying.
1: Well, let's, let's talk about the pop-ups. Let's talk about the murders, because this is a babysitter fucking killer and all that stuff. And all the keen murders happen to be an animal, a, do- a, dog, a dog in dog. the house. All right, and Or then his sister, the, yeah. Judith. And then uh, we get alluded to uh, uh, not Lindsay Annie. Annie. Annie gets killed. Her boyfriend gets killed. Bob, uh, who gets the amazing kill, we gets stuck to that wall. Oh, that's not Annie's boyfriend, but that's yeah. Lindsay's boyfriend. No, Lindsay's a little girl. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that's sorry, the sorry. totally gotcha. Uh, I'm trying to think of PJ Soul's name in the film. Wow, I know I'm blanking. Um, I know. But when her boyfriend gets killed, it's that. And you think
3: I was the noob in this?
1: Oh, uh, Bob is by far the best killman. Because race. when he gets stabbed to that wall and that startle when he comes out of the nothingness and stabs him to the wall. All right, Paul, you
0: asshole. Because then you get that Stick awesome round.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Fatality. when he goes back to talk to PJ Souls and he's got the the sheet iconic. and the glasses, iconic as fuck. It's
0: awesome. Can't and, I get
1: your ghost, Bob? And that's awesome because I mean she plays with the situation and. It it gets alluded that scene gets alluded to in Halloween two because they try to do what they did in part one, but they don't really do it just as well. But it's neat the way they had that fun. What um, the the nurse scene in part two where she kisses his hand. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like PJ Souls is kind of flirting with Michael Myers, trying to entice him, but she doesn't know it's Michael. But it she just goes. Got great breasts. It goes reverse. <laughs> I'm like, Where's the beer? It just throws. It. <laughs> in every interview or anything.
0: PJ souls always says the same thing. She, she watched this at the uh, Grauman's Chinese theater. And when she did that, see thing you like this big old biker guy goes, you bet your ass. I do. <laughs> it's like, Good to, to know. I'm staying away from that guy.
1: <laughs> hey, to this day, you will be loved. Okay? <laughs> For real. I mean,
0: too bad. She didn't get his name. He would have been immortalized. <laughs> and um, that's a great kill too. Um, I think What's-Her-Name gets the... Well, that's the important kill, because that's the very first time you see an up-close shot of what this is looking like. What yeah. is this? And he puts the phone to his head. Oh. <sighs> oh yeah. So great. And and the, she's calling Lori, and he just comes up behind her and chokes her out. I love the choke-out scene. Oh, it's so great. The
1: way they were able to do the car and the windows and everything... It plays to this. I don't know. I I can't say it's stylized, but it's captured so fucking well that it it can be replicated. Yeah, I think of like the the snowy uh, car scene in like Gremlins, you know, where there's snow on the windows. But this was able to do it in such a, a effortless way that it feels real, but then also so photographed so well by Kundi that it's very. You know, because the shape becomes this. You you don't get a clear image of it. You get this. It's always this obscure obscure, horror, you know. What the
0: fuck? That's a very pale person. God damn.
1: (laughs) And it just fucking comes in and it has this menacing strength and this evil about it and the way it kills. The only thing that takes me out of this film. That it pops up and it's the uh, tombstone (laughs) on the bed throws me off big time. He set it up. I don't like that. That's the only thing I can like. Really what? talk shit. I just don't like it.
0: The do you not like the whole fun house effect? I don't like that the, Bob no. comes swinging out. Bob it, swinging out of the closet's the most annoying. They,
1: thing. they created the maze, the horror maze that <clears throat> fucking Jason would just In one room. Yeah, but Jason would just fucking. Jason would have a body hanging down would, the but stairs. But Jason would milk like this throughout all of his films and Friday <laughs> Thirteenth films. There'd what? be
0: about 10 more deaths. <laughs> I just don't like that. 10 I don't more deaths, a few more setups. Jason's
1: depending fucking on what,
0: efficient.
3: <laughs> and depending on which Jason we're talking about, he may set up a trap or two.
1: Oh my God, can you help me? I'm designing my maze.
3: <laughs> Does anyone know how to tie a slip knot?
0: <laughs> it's got to come down perfectly. I got the noose. I just need the slip knot,
1: Jeez. dude. <laughs> God damn. We have
0: the noose ready. Just not... The
1: slip. No. God, he would have a whole show on like home housekeeping or something, <laughs> right? He's just all keeping up with Jason. <laughs> Silent <tying knots. laughs> tying Jason. Knots.
3: Jason is the Martha Stewart of the killers. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like- <laughs>
1: he's watching the swing before he sets it up. All right, it's a little thirty degrees. It's not opening. It's not opening when she opens the door. It's not getting the effect I'm looking for.
3: And then if you wanted to decorate your door with something that's not a door, I got this great body that you can hammer in with a corkscrew. Now, tell me
0: about your end table. I have an end table for you. A mother's
3: skull.
2: <laughs> what? A great, amazing centerpiece.
3: Here's a way to impel, but silently. Yes. <laughs> and you want to know what we can do with this old table? Just throw a body over it. It'll be fine. Fine. Right. Perfect. Now you want to get rid of those
0: drapey old blinds. I suggest throwing a dead body through it. (laughs) I prefer a bifold
1: along the elongated spine. (laughs) It reappropriates the weight so much better. China cabinets? Which better way to decorate? Oh, God. And
3: on the next episode, we'll talk about how to make a homemade jam with a human head.
0: Sounds jelly. Mummification. Delicious. Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jason, uh, mm. he kind of like over... He's the HGTV of the killers. But yeah, I hate... I, Home redecorating? I don't, I don't hate... It's just the only thing that takes me out of the film is the candlelight fucking vigil with the tombstone. That just takes me out of well, the fucking Halloween so fucking quick. It
3: does Not seem a that. little out of... Or to me, it seems a little out of place. Not that.
1: Not that. Everything else is Ahab catching the white whale. Yeah. It's Loomis because, going after Myers. <clears throat> it's Jamie Lee being that virginal strength that is what you know. It, it she's the bait. She's the enticement for for Michael's uh, you know you know complete satisfactory. Like this was his night, and this that was just a, she was the 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 tip of the full circle. You yeah. know,
3: and that tombstone with like like you said the candlelight vigil just kind <clears> of <throat> seems a little too thespian of him i love it i need to go i need to show the world what i am i love it i will steal this tombstone i will
0: like i said the one that that throws me off is bob bob because it's like (laughs) right she backs into the door he comes swinging out of the closet and that uh pj name?
1: i don't i'm fucking
0: blanking like a free Annie, uh laurie toby hooper toby hooper We'll call her Toby Hooper <laughs> Linda. God! I, uh, Linda. <laughs> I don't need so to watch this movie. Linda's stuff in the cupboard makes heart. sense to me. Gotcha. I don't... Fucking names, dude. Uh, Sheriff Brackett. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's from part four. No. That was, that was what, that's what... Annie Bracket, Sheriff Brackett. That's Cypher... Yeah, Charles Cypher. That
1: Cypher's hey, excuse
2: name. Excuse me, Laurie. I'm, I'm drunk at three o'clock. <laughs> Ciphers.
1: Characters bracket and brackets last name is wallace in part four it's not bracket what what (laughs) What would you ask me so what's his daughter is annie bracket Bracket. okay okay. make sure hey i'm just trying to it's my dad i'm I'm trying
0: someone broke in the hardware store probably kids gotcha he blame everything on kids well
1: all they took was a halloween mask. did he get listed as a cameo in fucking part two then yes okay yeah you let him out. He was like just like what he was in there for the first twenty minutes. That was it. I love it. All right, we'll go do it. Anyways,
0: um, so yeah, I mean, there's this wonderful cat and mouse. I, I love when she backs into the dark room after discovering the bodies and she's just crying, and all of a sudden the blue light comes up on mm-hmm. the mask, and it's like bam, he stabs her in the well, grazes her on the shoulder and she falls over the stairs. Fucking and then he's just standing at the Top of the staircase, like a fucking baller. Fucking gorgeous lighting, Dean Cundy. This last twenty two minutes is fucking enthralling. It's gorgeous. It's shot perfectly. Every scene, every second, has your heart racing.
1: Well, Tommy seeing the boogeyman carrying the body into his house. Mm. All these things that get alluded to that preempt that child fucking endangerment. Jamie Lee being the you know the naysayer. Until it's too late. I love that. And this mask. There's no boogeyman. The mask is like the most perfect thing on earth to fucking light because it it can be in total darkness and literally inches can make the most unsettling fucking situation spur up. You know what would have been awesome? Because of music cues and the mask lighting. Yeah. Um, To actually have that
3: mask whenever that movie got released, to say that you owned that mask. The Don Post William Shatner mask. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people owned it. Oh yeah, but like the just to think about like if you personally had no, it. it oh it. Wow. Whenever that movie, whenever you first saw that movie, you're like, I got that fucking mask. Like they're uh, OG. Think of think of how like over the moon you would be.
0: I mean, they all they did was they whiten the face, they open the eyes, and they change the hair a little
1: bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm amazed the evolution of it because. They've from, never been able to get it right. Well, from the <laughs> Shatner fucking mold to the one the, uh, that, that that's used for the film for part one and two. And also what's really weird is that they were actually able to acquire one for the gold face one that we'll get into with part two. God, these films overlap because it is like a continuous day. Gold face one. Part uh, two. When that's the, part four. The part two when the kid gets hit by the, the cop car. Oh, God. Okay, I yeah. Got you, yes. I'm sorry. The gold hair. I gold hair, sorry, sorry. I mean, you the face is going, hey. Hey,
0: Michael <laughs> Jackson. He's all a fucking one of those mimes um, in pa- Pasadena. It makes sense if you've been to Pasadena. <laughs> it could be. It's West Hollywood. Yeah. It's like that's mask. Is can't everywhere. make it, so I'm going to smoke rock and do pantomiming
1: all day. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I'm going to shoot on something tonight. <laughs>
3: That eyebrow ray
1: just said everything.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: oh, man. Horrible, horrible person. <laughs> Once we get Laurie telling the kids to run and get the fucking cops, oh. and we have Bracket being stopped by these kids, and Loomis fucking finally getting an idea of where to go to have the encounter to catch his fucking, you know, his white well. Um, Ahab is his fucking direction. Jamie has one of the most harrowing fucking awesome battles with
0: Michael. Oh, that closet scene.
1: From the living room to the closet, I mean, these scenes are done so fucking well. When she's panicking on the phone and the sit-up behind the couch and stuff like that, all these little nuances are just... I can imagine the crowds and the theater crowds in the 78. There is a YouTube audio oh really of the 78 crowd watching Halloween and literally every couple
0: seconds like you'll hear the music sting and people will just be like oh,
1: yeah <laughs> it sounds like such a riot to and be that's had. the saddest part of this because when we think about our theater experiences as us being a conscious yeah, of age it's like scream yeah. it's films like that that had maybe paranormal activity pumping player watch Blair Witch I mean there's films that hit little fucking milestones but nothing to the level of what Michael Myers and Halloween and John Carpenter was able to bring in 78. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know,
1: man. I mean, um, can you imagine? Hereditary, uh, like, my theater was screaming. But opening opening. Day. But it wasn't intensity right, like that. Opening this. weekend of Exorcist. Opening weekend oh, of fuck. Halloween. Oh, fuck. Opening weekend of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, uh. It's like, no. <laughs> well, well, I'm saying, like, there hadn't been anything like no, that. No, it was like, all new.
3: The only time that you're ever getting kind of energy like that is, like, in the nerd culture movies now. Right. The Marvel Market movies. movies the oh, DC he's movie. got the
2: Hulkbuster costume! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what? Really? God, I'm yeah. glad I'm sitting behind him. <laughs>
3: oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> God yeah, bless like nerds. I'm nerd
0: too. So but yeah, like that's that's the I'm, only
3: time you ever get that kind of energy. Now it's true. I I'm, mean, you I'm know, scared, Mister Stark. I think. I'm scared.
0: I think one of the only, <laughs> like one one the uh, one of the only fucking great theater experiences that I can remember, and you know, that just pops off the top of my I head is when it. me and Jeff went and saw fucking Nice Guys. <laughs> oh my! We were dying. We were the <laughs> fucking <laughs> girls in the audience,
1: man. We we're like, oh my god. <laughs> Every left. time
0: Jeff would do that loud fucking laugh, God. I would laugh. And there was this guy it was in laughing. front of us, and always like, ha, 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 like, had this really
1: bellowy fucking laugh. Me it was just like, we've oh, all seen movies together. Like, I, I think Doctor Strange, I was doing my pump fist, you know, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> but then when me and Nate went <laughs> saw nice guys, I've never laughed. Dude, we died. and been so fucking entertained, sober. You know, mildly sober. Mildly sober. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm a cowboy. And you? <laughs> Shoot me. Shoot me. <laughs> uh, pretty good, huh? Uh.
2: Shoot me again. Woo! Good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Go <ahead>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How'd you get down there? Did you fall
1: down the hill? <laughs> Get down here, Healy! <laughs> god, I love that fucking film.
3: I'm so upset I missed out on that oh, adventure. Oh my
1: god, The Nice Guys is probably one of the quintessential fucking best adult. films in oh, the past god. ten years. That's on my list, <laughs> like by
0: far. Oh man,
1: there's there's never been fewer there's and like,
0: better. Okay, when the doctors arrive, tell him I broke your radial tibia. <laughs> He's like, what? All, what? <laughs> Give me your arm. No, no, <laughs> no! no. Ah! Ah!
1: Ah! <laughs> That scream he does, it's fucking, oh my god. It's like the scream and a whimper at the same time.
2: It's like, what the fuck? Yes! You'll be okay. God, I <laughs> love that fucking movie.
0: Boo, gotcha. What the hell are you fucking doing? A rim job? Rim job? Rim shot. <laughs> rim, shot rim, rim shot. Rim shot. God, <laughs> yeah. don't say the words. Don't say the words. How stupid do you fucking think I am, motherfucker? I've got a license to
1: carry drugs. Hey, whoa, just stay there. Stay there. All right, face the window. Face the, w- face the mirror. You know there's a mirror here. Shh. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. Now my- turn around. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll open> my- <laughs> I don't love that film. Uh,
0: (laughs) i i wouldn't open that bag if i were you there's a uh, (laughs) there's a blue wing cartridge in it
1: yeah right (laughs) why do you look like a smurf
0: (laughs) if you ever get a chance listeners it's not horror see the nice guys holy god it's great yeah they just
3: they just reenacted like a third of the movie
1: no (laughs) there's more there's so much more (laughs) there's so
0: much more has that palm tree always been there
1: yeah, I came with the
2: fucking house. <laughs> god. god damn it! Oh. You oh. think we're doing a Halloween review? <laughs> oh.
0: oh my god, that hurt my head! I just laughed so I hard. I know. <laughs> I hate when
1: I laugh and it's like oh, you uh. get lightheaded. Now we got. I get go. lightheaded when I laugh too hard. Now We got to
0: <laughs> return to darkness here. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're right. This
1: is something that crowds. Had to be elated to see. The, uh, I mean, because drive-in scenes, uh, the just theaters in general, being able to get into this fucking scene. Because I mean, when you get to the closet sequence, and you have that. I mean, this was brought to the masses.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like where people go, oh, well, Black Christmas is a slasher film. It's before this, and it tackles a holiday genre. Yes, but Black Christmas was very indie.
1: And didn't reach the broad scope of Halloween. Well, the kills or- were just kills, and there uh, a lot of them were off, um, off camera kills too. Black Christmas, yeah. And then with this, it's like you're in the closet with Jamie. You're feeling that dread. Stay the quiet. Stay quiet. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't hear you. <laughs> oh, dude! And then now she's getting <laughs> in. How do you defend yourself? Grab oh, a hanger. Hanger. All right. Where do you got to stab him in the eye? Oh my god, that's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. All right, she's getting free. She's getting free. He's dead. He's down. Stabbed it, in the gut. Oh, and then you get that fucking off, off shot like in the fucking background. I
0: want you to go down the street to the Beckers and call the
2: police.
1: And then when he arrives,
2: afraid.
1: <laughs> but the uh, the mask removal. You know, and that's one
0: thing that that's what I always hear people say is, "Oh, Michael Myers never been a mask. He's been a mask quite a
1: bit." Yeah. I mean, but what does uh, it mean to people? That's the thing, though. It's
0: like, what do you think you'll see? What but, do you want to see? I mean, is it going to be a letdown because it's a normal dude? That's that's the thing that Carpenter thought of. He was like, OK, we are going to unmask him, but I want to make this guy angelic. I want to make him beautiful. Just the curly haired blonde surfer, dude. And that's why they brought in Tony Morin for that reveal, like. He's a good-looking dude, but when he's wearing the mask, he's
1: the boogeyman. He's the shape. Right. He's this unstoppable Non-person. evil. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's a persona. You know, but he's you know. And what's funny evil. is
1: that everybody witnesses him is going to die, man. That like you meet the fucking man, you you're going to pretty much be dead. And yeah. that's what's so weird because Loomis has looked in this face for so many years. He knew what it was. You know, he knew what the boy had disconnected to a point where he had kind of, you know, become. I love he says that to Sheriff Brackett. He's like, look, I watched him for 15
0: years biding his time looking forward to this night and humanly patient.
3: That's how we feel like, after every summer for Halloween. <laughs> oh, summer's almost over, Halloween.
2: Hey, hey, Danny, get your ass away from there. <laughs>
0: I could love that,
2: dude. It's awesome oh, yes, I scared the kid. Oh, shit! The <laughs> 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 cop grabs his shoulder. <laughs> oh, God damn it, you can't
1: scare me after I scare somebody.
0: I'm telling you, we've looked everywhere. Keep searching. <laughs> he always has to Keep talk the sheriff into keeping his patrolman out. And it's like, you know, throughout this whole movie, he has to do that.
1: Yeah. it's
0: I fucking love that.
1: I love that. It's It's a weird take on, like how Loomis just had this weird take on how he handled the fucking head and filled cops and it gets even worse in part two. He played him. He played him psychology style. Like every time the cop was like, there's nothing.
0: He's like, eh. and he would lay out this wonderful fucking...
1: Now, have you ever guideline. seen a fish eat its mother after his birth? I was like, what? What? <laughs> All right, I guess go look at Columbus Street again. <laughs> I guess we'll look for search? fish, I think, maybe. I don't know,
0: but then he like comes across the car and he's like, "Oh yeah. I
1: found him. He's here. He's somewhere on this block." Oh like, man!
0: And then he sees the two kids. I come hate that Brackett the wasn't there to see Loomis shoot Michael. I love that. I love it because, because then somebody could have ran downstairs real fast instead of consoling Laurie. Yeah, I love love that it's just a, a two, well, really a one on one with Laurie. Just he corner. has the showdown yeah and he does the shot but, van Helsing but the idea Dracula. that
1: he shoots him and then he has that one-on-one in the bedroom hmm. and then you have What's that
2: the boogeyman? but
1: it's almost to the point of like he him shooting at his own shadow kind of situation you know what I mean because it's like it's unstoppable and it's, I love that he runs upstairs see Michaels so and
0: he just bam fires Michael falls you know goes into the room and Lori drops down, and then Donald Pleasance runs in there, and Michael's just standing, standing there waiting for yeah. him. <sighs> bam! 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 <laughs> Fucking and- right over the balcony. And then Michael lands in the grass. Donald looks at him, uh, goes back to Lori, and she goes, what's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, that was. And he looks over the balcony again, it's and gone. he's gone. Cue the music. Cue every mm. sight where we saw Michael with heavy breathing oh my fucking god he's still out there and
1: that's perfection that i mean there ugh. like i said my one gripe for the film is the tombstone and just saying that that's not saying a lot then i just, think they did that that's just, a just minor artistic and that's a minor gripe because it for me seeing this film that was that was the one scene or shot that was beneath cundy that was beneath carpenter that was beneath but it everybody was so beautifully lit you're right the, pumpkin on the the nightstand and and the headstone but this was like this is very friday 13th for me this is very i know i'm saying this is very friday 13th for me this is very pre-friday 13th this pre this this is very shrine like psycho kind of exactly
0: this is a tribute you got to remember that this movie is an homage to psycho but why was he honoring his sister and touch of evil
1: why was he honoring
0: his sister with annie's death i'm back he wanted to let know who the fuck was doing this. Judith Myers' headstone, you know, it's a uh, guess
1: who's back. But yeah. why? You know what I mean? Back, I don't. Okay. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like there wasn't really because it's I, not I, a person. And, and I'm not asking for an answer. I'm just like you're looking he, for a reason. He was so fucking direct for his coming back to his street, seeing the encounters of Lori in his house, seeing her circle and taking it out. Why the tribute? Why the celebration? Why the decoration? That was the only fucking, I think, the only gripe I had for any of Halloween Part 1. I don't know. And that's it. That's all I can talk shit about. Why? Because I'm not a fucking Why guy. Why kill anyone? That's the only reason. I don't get bent out of shape because a fucking dog died. I don't fucking not watch the movie because a fucking animal died. I don't mind, you know, the uh, non-gore in the film. I mean, that shit. I think it's a solid film. And second of all, it's a great horror thriller. It's a great film baseline. Second of all, it's a horror thriller. And I think it just placates to like why this film keeps the uh, momentum that it does still have. Because I try to go back to anything else that precedes it. Okay. Anything that came remotely after it. The, all the imitations yeah it,
0: it's 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 horror wouldn't be where it was would be without this movie i agree i mean 100 that's just fact you wouldn't have jason I,
1: you wouldn't have freddie you wouldn't have pinhead you wouldn't have any of these guys i like that carpenter's going on to say that he felt like texas Chainsaw massacre was like actual sex and his goal was to kind of like to make halloween kind of like chainsaw I was able to do you know it was to like do something with so much dread and all this fucking thing but everything in that film the more and more i hear carpenter talk about it, it was just an artistic mistake it was just a, a happenstance of like wow we were able to capture that lightning in a bottle and do so much right with this fucking film with this you know you know this small little fucking idea but do such a grandiose fucking execution And then everything that came after it, like he had said, is kind of like a handjob, like fucking Friday 13th. He goes, you basically placated on everything we've created, and you've kind of just kind of jerked yourself off in the corner. Like, let's just do what they did. Right. And and, and that's why it was like. And
0: Carpenter felt a lot like that to a point because everything was an homage to Psycho. This movie is Sam Loomis. Is a direct lift from fucking yeah. uh, the boyfriend and psycho. Even uh, the getting mu- Jan- Janet Lee's daughter Jamie Lee, uh,
1: you know, fucking even the music that he wrote was like it preceded this film. He wrote mm-hmm. something in five fourth time and he felt that it fit perfectly for this mm-hmm. film and he used it. I agree. And I was just like, wow, like how much of this was just in his head and would eventually take that fruition. What do you think, Ralph? <laughs> I'm just paying attention. It's like story time over here. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's true.
3: Final thoughts. Well, for this particular movie, for me, like I said, I kind of I kind of let loose a little bit uh, earlier, which I do feel as though this is one of the classics. This is one of the movies I feel if you're a horror guy or gal or kid or whatever have you, this is an amazing movie. This is a good movie to watch. Um, and it's, it's almost one that you can show your grandma and be... Not feel horrible about it. Like it's, it is a work of art. It is a piece of cinema that I do highly recommend. And it's, I don't know. I just <laughs> like a cat
0: asshole. Those pages
3: aren't numbered. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now nah, this movie though is is it, it is a work of art, and I do agree that there is. One thing in the movie that does kind of throw me off, which is that tombstone, because Michael, he never he never felt like he was a th- like the theatrical type. Yeah, like he didn't. I never felt as though Michael needed to, like, present himself like, hey, I'm here. You know, he was always that guy that's like just waiting and watching and
1: doing a nope, good nope, nope, job. Nope, nope, of-
3: nope, nope. I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Coast, coast, coast. coast. OK, let's, exactly go. let's go. Exactly nine o'clock. Yeah, he he's one of the he he bides <laughs> his time. He doesn't he's never made a point to like present himself or make his presence known. Like yeah, he does leave the body count there. But out of everybody, he didn't he didn't feel the need to leave the clown mask on his hanging victim. He didn't need to he didn't feel the need to leave a bloody knife next to another victim. He didn't he didn't have to leave like a calling card or anything. But outside of that one thing, this movie is a work of art. I love it. It's one of my favorites, and I just feel horrible that it took me this long to get to it. Because when did we meet, Nate?
0: Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, oh, exactly. Like six years ago, Ralph. Yeah, it's six, been like I, than that,
3: I, bet. I like I said, I knew of Michael. I kind of had an idea. I knew how many movies there were out, but I never sat down and watched them until I actually started hanging out with Nate. After that the first initial movie they handed me, which was fucking the thing.
1: Gotcha. Right. So I mean, after
3: that, it was just co- after that, it was just a month of John Carpenter. Every time I'd go over to his apartment, like three, four fucking buildings down, hey, Nate, what are we doing today? We're watching John Carpenter. <laughs> okay. Right? Cool. Well, I mean, and I knew
0: Ralph was into horror because he was like one of the biggest Jason fans I've ever met. But then when I said, "Hey, have you seen Halloween?" and he was like, "No, not really," I was just like, oh, "I'm offended! I'm offended! <laughs> Sit your ass down!" That's how you
3: start a relationship, right there, so, so
0: badly that I moved into his apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. Up for every day. Yeah, they fucking uh, the,
1: set up. Residency.
3: That's a really fucking right? funny story. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. That's going to be one for another episode. That
0: is one for another episode. But uh, I, I, uh, I guess I'll. I'll are you? Were you finished? Mm-hmm. He's taking a big chug off his beer. So I'll just go ahead. Yeah, no, me. go ahead. That um, was it. This is one Bye. of my favorite films. This was one of my very first horror films I ever watched. I think I was <laughs> five when I saw it. If I have it my way, this will be the film that I watch before I die. I fucking love this movie.
3: So you're going to be watching it every night from the sound of it.
0: No, in <laughs> fact, in high school, which is, it might sound weird to people, but uh, I, I kind of have like a. a A little bit of OCD. Uh, I'm a completist. Uh, I watched this movie every day for two straight years during high school. I fucking loved this movie. I always watched like five movies, four movies a day. Then I'd practice music and go get drunk and get a blowjob from my band. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I I literally watched this movie every day for two years. I think I was ninth grade till 11th grade. And... (sighs) You just look at it and you think of all the behind the scenes. I've seen every documentary on this. Uh, yeah, I'm spacing the names right now. I did five pages of notes off memory Let me see. because I could not fucking my notes. Yes. Let me see. <clears throat> the next three pages are Halloween, too.
3: Five pages <laughs> of
0: notes. And that's just off memory. That's just what I could think of because today I had to uh, watch the baby and, uh, you know, the wife stuck it in and broke it off. <laughs> <I couldn't laughs> and watch, you bagged it up for I her. I couldn't watch the fucking movies. But, I mean, I, I already know so much about this movie. Like I said, first horror film, and hopefully it'll be the last film I watch. Um, I love the homages. I Like, you know, me and Jeff have a difference of opinion of eras and in, in color or not color. Um, and I'm of the mind that I love earlier films. So, I mean, when they do that beginning shot, I watch touch of evil probably around 8 I mean I, you know it came much later but to find out that that was an homage that beginning long 3 minute steady cam shot was an homage to Orson Welles touch of evil it made sense and then to know that Janet Lee and Jamie Lee and the psycho references and I mean it was just such a beautifully it was like a, a opus to old horror And I fucking loved it for that. I mean, it's a fucking 100%. You know, there's some lagging parts. Yeah. Kids these days don't have an attention span. Uh, uh, You say something? Case in point. (laughs) (laughs) You you have an 88-minute movie, roughly 88 minutes. I don't know the exact time with credits. But you have a a movie where you get little pepper sprinkles throughout it. No deaths. Just what the fuck is that? What is this guy looking at? Peeping Tom? What the fuck? Oh, he's standing in her backyard. Oh, he, he's riding in a car. Like, what does this guy look like? But you're going to miss that because you're fucking nose deep in your fucking iPhone. And then you're going to kick your husband and go, what happened? I'm not going to explain to you. You have to watch the fucking well, movie the fucking, in full. The porn is not going to watch itself. You turn out the goddamn lights. Turn off. Put the phone in the fucking room. And watch this movie. It deserves it. It's it's uh, historically and aesthetically uh, important. It's uh, part of the film registry for the National Fucking uh, Registry Act for uh, a film.
1: Accepted to the Library of Congress in two thousand six. Yeah, I mean, was it two thousand six?
0: And this, so. I nice. did this. This get accepted before Exorcist. No, two thousand six.
1: Oh yeah. Wasn't Exorc-
0: Exorcist like two
1: thousand nine? Exorcist got accepted
0: before this. Well, it was an Academy Award winner, so whatever.
1: I just, I just, know, I just know that. It was just...
0: But, I mean, okay, how many horror films are in that? Uh, not a lot. This is. Yeah. So, fucking watch it and enjoy it. Uh, yeah. 100% and goddamn highest of buys and recommends. I, I own uh, probably six versions of just the first one alone. I'm getting another one
1: in September. What happens in September? The actual 4K release comes out. Oh! on a 4k you I hate it.
0: It. I don't even own a 4k but guess what I'm gonna fucking buy it I know right <laughs>
2: like,
1: I'm so just yeah, curious
0: that's it for me
1: love it this was my this was, was my boogeyman when I grew up I watched this way too young and how old were you you were around the same age yeah I was probably the number, eight. Oh, shit and I was I was young cause when I watched yeah. horror films my dad watched a lot of films and I'm talking about VHS Laserdisc um But going to theaters and seeing things like Platoon or Jaws 3 or Fray 13th 3, um, when I guess Halloween was brought to the house, it was very much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was watching something that was just surreal at such a young age that it would fuel nightmares throughout my youth and into my teens of what a boogeyman or a slasher could truly be. Because we're Texas Chainsaw Massacre drew a line in the sand. We're like, if you come into my land, you're going to come to my house of horrors. Well, Michael brought the house of horrors to you. And he didn't stalk backwoods. He didn't stalk, you know, little rudimentary fucking suburbs. He was in the heart of your town. And that was, I think, the fear of it. It was your local, you know, dollar store. It was driving down your streets while you're at school. It was this monster that hid in the dark and waited for you at your most vulnerable moment <clears throat> it was very involuntary for them to capture these elements of like if you have sex you die I know that became a staple for a lot of horror films but it wasn't as mentionable when they were making this film it just happenstance again Carpenter and Cundy and Deborah Hill and everybody involved in this film truly set a mark of what indie horror could truly be. If you take just a little pinch of an idea and you add a collaborative effort with a singular vision and you just appropriate the right amount of inventiveness, you can literally capture lightning in the bottle too. I hate that there are people that are younger and they see zombies films as being the quintessential of this character. It's it's opinions. <clears throat> I don't I don't feel begrudged or you know I uh, do <laughs> it's just opinions. And for me this was my childhood. This is like like Nate and everybody's I think we me and Nate because <clears throat> of our timeline the 80s was carpenter if you look at carpenter's filmography for just the 80s you'll see a man's creme de la creme in those fucking years and with him taking this in 78 and slapping us in the face all the way through our childhood it's amazing what this man's accomplished so for halloween being michael myers it's the truest fucking footnote in the series you can do no wrong In purchasing this film It should be viewed Like Nate said In the dark Sound up Phones in the other room We're on silent And dick out And dick out Because you are going to be in For the fuck of your life Because this film Is quintessential In the horror realm There's other films that I I mean I am a Dario Argento fan I am a Sean Cunningham fan I'm a James Wan fan I'm a fan of so many things But I can talk shit on almost everything I just fucking mentioned. But when I come back to Carpenter, <clears throat> there's just a true love in Carpenter's work. I don't know what the fuck it is, but Carpenter will always have a soft spot. That's why I have a fucking wall of the thing. I have a wall of Halloween. Well, I used to. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, it's just it's just what he's been able to accomplish. This is the, the strongest fucking, you know, standing on the mountaintop and screaming at the sky saying, you know, look out. Because this was Carpenter's fucking year. I mean, 10 years. Because <laughs> what he did was just, he was unstoppable for the 80s. You know what that magic is totally. that he puts into his movies? Cigarette ash. I think so. I think is it was. Cigarette burns. It, Cigarette burns and Him ash. and Deborah Hill smoke like motherfuckers. You know. yep. and then if you give me a little Toby Hooper with this Dr Pepper love, I mean that's just a match made in heaven. <laughs> and I've been waiting off the fucking cigarettes, but I've been able to shake the Dr Peppers lately. That, that sounds like a Nate's weekend right there. <laughs> Goddamn cigarettes <laughs> and Dr, Dr. Pepper. Pepper. That's all I take I all know. day. That's a Carpenter Hooper fucking diet. Two
0: hundred forty-two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> every in My thighs. <laughs>
1: The rest of me is a midget,
0: (laughs) small scale like Deadpool. So if you haven't taken
1: note, uh, everything from this is pretty much a downhill battle. But, hey, we will be here every week checking in with you with more Halloween fucking fun.
0: Well, there is one more important part to mention uh, in that. And as you were saying, you don't know what it is about Carpenter's early films. Not just his early films, but the staple through most of the 80s. Um, I've got to give the collaboration... It's yeah. him Deborah and Dean like unstoppable I mean when when they made Halloween carpenter and Dean Cundy met for I think a lunch and and carpenter says I want this I want you know he they were talking about their favorite films and carpenter said you know what I really love is the lighting of Chinatown and Dean Cundy goes I know exactly what you mean and that's why you get all the soft blues and these real light whites because if you watch chinatown when it's nighttime it looks identical to this halloween gotcha and and that's that's like a chemistry of understanding that not a lot of people click together not a lot of people always use the same cinematographer or the same production company with deborah hill or use the same three people to bring these things to fucking life yeah and i think You know, The Thing, The Fog, Halloween, They
1: Live. uh... I think that that was the thing about The Thing and The Fog and Halloween and all these films is that Cundy knew he wasn't working with a director like Kubrick, who was going to be like, you're going to put the camera here. You're going to shoot at this fucking aspect ratio. You're going to shoot with this lens and you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to light it like this. And they're going to have the actors do stand and they're going to stand here. That was hereditary. Hereditary is like I want the camera here. He's gonna come in here. He's gonna say that line. He's gonna go out this way. We're gonna light it like this. Hereditary's followed the same. I had the shot list in my head. We're gonna shoot this mm. with Cundy and uh, Hill and Carpenter. Flying by the sea of your pants, telling things visually, having that collaboration. You're gifted. With yeah. so much more when you're able to fucking and then having Tommy Lee Wallace step in and in, in the editing room and you're able to cut this shit and score it the way they did that's that's magic, people. I mean, you don't get that a lot, even after Tarantino's uh, I forget her name, I think Miss Sweeney or something. When she passed away, there's a marriage when you're working with somebody for so long and that collaboration's there. It's like why Spielberg keeps a tight fucking loop around his circle of friends, it's why everybody. When you're in that circle, you're you're the best you can be, and I'm making you the best you can be, and we're going to keep on fucking keeping each other, you know, our heads above water. Once you lose a fucking inch, it becomes an anchor, and the next thing you know, you're looking up, and you know, what the fuck? Well, it's funny. Uh, like, Cundy, in his words in the
0: uh, behind the scenes, uh, he said, we were like a fucking war tribe. Wow. We pitched a movie, it got picked up, and we made it fucking happen with... Nothing with nothing. I mean, their crew was like a sound guy, a DP. A, well, I think the DP and cinematographer were the same guy, Dean Cundy. And then you had the director, then you had the two writers, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. You had the collaboration of Dean telling John, Hey, if we light it in this way at this angle, <clears throat> it'll be killer. And John going, Yeah, but can we bring it to this angle? No problem. Sweet. I mean, John had a focal, uh, uh, a vision. And everybody else worked with him to make that perfect. Like John said, Chinatown Dean immediately was like, "I got you. I know exactly what you're fucking talking about now." Yeah. And it's like you you don't get those collaborations very often. I mean, I mean, I don't even I don't even know I don't even know who who hangs together anymore. No. I mean, I mean that's what... George Lucas and, and Spielberg, but when they actually got together, they made one of the worst
1: goddamn films ever uh with <laughs> Indiana Jones but and, you live to get older i mean that's the thing i mean that's yes I, I mean that's the thing but i mean it's like okay look at Joe a, Dante a, a, a in great, the 80s look at Robert Zemeckis in the a, 80s it's like a great uh example
0: would be um alfred hitchcock always allowed his wife first snips on a movie yeah well uh, and they, and, I, and she had a girl that would edit and then she would look at the final but I product. think a lot of that was hand in hand with him so life. it was a collaboration between yeah. wife and friends yeah. and and it just it made perfection because you're not a guy that's okay I've got 20 grand um I've got a lot of spool of film to fucking go and snip snip snip
1: you know it, mm-hmm. it was a love That that, and I think a lot of these other people, they wear too many hats. I want to be producer. I want to be writer. Oh, fuck, Carpenter wore a lot of hats in this. And that's what I'm saying. When you wear too many hats and you shoulder too much uh, of the responsibility, I think somewhere you get cut off from the project, you lose a little footing where you should be a little bit stronger. I don't know. I think that's what makes a true visionary. That's why when you watch a Rodriguez film, you're watching literally – what Robert Rodriguez wanted to fucking shovel in your face. So you better hope it's goddamn gold because if not, you're watching, you know, planet terror or something like that. And you're just kind of like,
2: yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Not a big I movie, love it, but sense. it's neat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: I mean, this, uh, concludes Halloween one, unless there's something else you guys want to say, Ralph. Pretty much taking on the Michael Myers persona right now.
1: <laughs> he's the shape in the darkness. One beer
0: in, he's got his hand over his mouth, and he's got an evil look in his eye. I'm worried. <laughs> he's taking
1: the pre-orders for next month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so from all of us, join us next week as we'll be talking uh, Rick Rosenthal's Halloween 2. No way. Indeed we shall. Okay.
3: See you next time. I'm Nathan. This is Jeff. And this is Ralph. Keep it scary. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary.
2: He's a great big coward, so I'll tell you what to do. Hush, 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 here comes the bogeyman. Don't let him come too close to you. He'll catch you if he can. Just pretend that you're a crocodile, and you will find that bogeyman will run away a mile. Say, shoo, shoo, and stick him with a pin. Bogeyman will very nearly jump out of his skin. Say, buzz, buzz, just like the wasp that stings. Bogeyman will think you are an elephant with wings. Hush, 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 here comes the bogeyman. (laughs) Tell him you've got soldiers in your bed, for he will never guess that they are only made of lead. Hey, hush, hush, he'll think that you're asleep. If you make a lovely snore away, he'll softly creep. Sing this tune, you children one and all. Bogey man will run away, he'll think it's Henry Hall. When the shadows of the evening creep across the sky, and your mommy comes upstairs to...